Okay, are we like starting right now? Yeah, like we're starting. Okay. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm waiting on you, dude. <laughs> hey, this is Brian. Hey, this is Amanda. And you are listening to the Pro Tips Podcast. Find your focus and level up your life using our random ramblings and pro tips to find that winning edge at life. Hi, friends. First of all, I want to thank everybody for their support and for listening to the Pro Tips Podcast. We're pretty excited that our audience has been growing and for all the wonderful feedback that we've received from our supporters and listeners. This week's edition is going to be a little different. Brian is pretty swamped with life stuff. Uh, He's got quite a bit going on, so we're going to give him a hall pass this week and I will be the host with our two special guests. So I hope you guys enjoy and thanks again for listening. Hello. And he's back. And he's there. He's back. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Are we in a Verizon wireless commercial or what? It feels like it. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys! I'm so excited about this. You have no idea. <laughs> oh goodness! You oh have high hopes, dude. Don't you know that I'm like the queen of everything, always working out well for me? I do yes. know that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's get this ball rolling and get this party started. You're going to have to excuse me because I almost lost my voice this morning. I woke up and I almost couldn't talk because I was screaming and had so much fun at Lagoon yesterday that my voice is like a little wonky. So I apologize if I ever sound like a a dude going through puberty or whatever. It's like like squeaking. We might have the same problem. Exactly. Oh my gosh, this is going to be so much fun. Okay, so I haven't introduced you guys or anything, so let's just go ahead and one at a time, uh, we'll let Holly go first, ladies first. Tell Absolutely. Us who, yeah, tell us who you are, uh, where you're from, and what you do. Okay, so my name is Holly. I am from originally from Richfield, Utah, but I live sort of-ish in hurricane utah um i work for the driver license division in the state of utah so i travel for my job i cover the richfield Penguich and ephraim offices very cool yeah and you're also a mom right i am also a mom of three amazing boys who are like three of my favorite little munchkins ever <laughs> Mine too. Yeah. You're welcome. (laughs) I've literally dubbed myself their cool aunt, even though they don't want to call me Aunt Manda, but it's okay. Give it time. I won't take it personally. (laughs) Give it time. You'll be fine. Okay, cool. All right. So, Cody, who are you and where are you from and what do you do? First off, I'm a husband. I'm proud of it. And I'm a dad. And I do a little leather work and cook and all that kind of stuff while Holly's out of town. But then I also judge rodeos. Okay, cool. I was like, you better put that in there because that's how, <laughs> that's how like you and I met and first got connected was through the rodeos and Utah High School Rodeo Association. Yeah, I can remember the, the first look you gave me when I came to Nashville. I said, will you take a picture and send it to my wife so she'll think I'm attractive? And you gave me this look like... <laughs> What in the hell? <laughs> okay, remember. That was probably like four or five state finals ago. 
was it? I think yeah. I kind of remember that too. Like when I first started doing Utah State, their state finals, it was like back in 2016 was the first time I did their state finals. So that probably would have been it. Yeah. And uh, I was like, all right, I've never had a judge like, <laughs> hey, I need you to take my picture so my wife will think I'm hot or whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and my dogs are mad because I locked them out of the office, but they're going to have to get over it. Um, <laughs> so... Let's see, where was I going to go? Because I got a little distracted. Okay, <laughs> um, so why I wanted to bring both you guys on the podcast is because uh, over the years, our friendship has really kind of grown and developed, with, especially within the last couple of years. And mm-hmm. you guys are legit, like, two of my all-time favorite people. Like, <laughs> you're, you're, you know, your marriage and your relationship and everything is really inspirational to me especially I don't know who else it it's it probably inspires a lot of other people but as a single woman it's really refreshing and awesome to see two people have such a strong relationship like you guys so um first of all thank you for being a great example and giving me a little bit of hope that (laughs) this could be a legit thing like this is a real thing so Oh, it's um, real. It's it, real. For real. 100% and it's, real. And it's getting realer every day. Realer? More real. Realer. Like realist. Realist. Like, this is the realest shit you'll ever meet. Oh, sorry. Exactly. I, I shouldn't be the one, I shouldn't be the one cussing. We already did. Yeah, I already, already got told not to. <laughs> Grandma approved podcast. My bad. Okay, so, um. Let's see. We're going to start. Is there anything you guys want to kind of touch on? And do you guys have any ideas or which direction you want to take this episode? Especially I have a, a feeling that this one could possibly run a little long just because uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I know I like to talk. Holly likes to talk. Cody, Love it. Cody, I like to kinda, listen. Yeah. He likes to listen <laughs> and We'll like ask him for his input. And by the way, Cody, you're sounding loud and clear and I love it. So you're, you're sounding awesome. So keep I that I bought up. a microphone just for you. Cause you said um, I talk too soft. Oh dude, you're <laughs> a rock star. See, now I need to get a microphone so I can be all. So I'm going to cuss, stuff. but I don't do anything half-assed. See, <laughs> <laughs> this is also true. <laughs> Holly's like, I'm a witness. <laughs> I witness. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Okay, so do you guys have uh, like any thoughts that you guys want to start off with before we get into like the kind of interview section? My thought after the weekend is my wife's a smoke show. <laughs> that's about tell it. Us, tell us what you did this weekend because I saw I saw your Instagram post and I was slightly jealous. So we, we had a, we had a full weekend. That's, that's pretty awesome. It was a very full weekend. Yes. Do you want to start off with what you did first? You go ahead. Okay. So we started the morning on Saturday. We went to Oakley to help um, Jaron Sharp. He has cancer and they had a huge team roping um, benefited towards him and earning money to help with all of his medical costs as he's fighting cancer. And that was just amazing in itself, watching everybody that came. I think they had close to 400 teams come in and compete with him or for him and donate stuff, Um, silent auction stuff, raffle tickets. Like, it was awesome just to see everybody kind of gain, well, 
it helped me gain more respect for the rodeo family more than what I already had. But just the love and the support that the rodeo family has for any particular person that's in need. And in this case, it was for Jaron Sharp, which is amazing. Um, So that started our morning off on Saturday. And then um, Saturday evening, we got to witness one of my all-time favorite country singers ever. Big, Big time bucket list. Big time bucket list um, was going to the Garth Brooks show, the concert at Rice Eccles Stadium in at the University of Utah for those who aren't around Utah. But yeah, it's Rice Eccles Stadium where the Utah or the University of Utah Utes play football. Um, Beautiful concert. Amazing. I think every emotion in my whole body (laughs) was there I don't I can't speak for Cody but I was just I'm happy to crying to not I was mad when the show ended but not anything other than that but I think I had every emotion that whole concert was just amazing and he's a great entertainer oh my gosh that makes me so excited for you guys because he's he's legit one of my bucket list ones to see in concert too so I mean we're we're all in with within a fairly decent range age-wise of each other so I mean we all grew up listening to Garth Brooks and so it's like it's it's a big deal heck yeah that's that's (laughs) fantastic I'm so stoked for you guys yeah it was awesome it was fun just getting there because we never rode tracks and uh front runner and all that and we had quite an adventure we just jumped on like these old uh couple took us under their wing and showed us how to work it work the system get up right there it was fun Oh, that's awesome. I love it. I can totally the, see, see Cody out there going, I have no idea what we're doing, but we're going to Oh, yeah. Exactly. I was cussing a lot, and then Holly's, like, visiting with everybody, and they're like, oh, yeah, come with us. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, we're going to die. <laughs> and the funny part about it is, like, if you know Cody, you know he's got at least one, possibly two pocket knives on him at all times. <laughs> I made him leave them because we didn't think you could have them into the stadium at all. Oh, right. And so he felt, quote unquote, naked because he had zero pocket knife at all. Well, <laughs> so it was that's crazy. the thing, though, is, Cody, you're such a big dude that nobody's going to want to mess with a big bearded dude anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, I think you sh- I think you're okay. Well, I made a best friend on some stop. <laughs> This little dude, he kept pounding me, and he's telling me all about growing up on the east side and Cancun and mafia and all sorts of crazy stuff. And he's just like, I mean, we're, we're he's like in my face because they crammed us all in there. But I made a best friend, and I'll never see him again. Don't even know his name. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so let's. Uh, I love I love hearing stories like that, just because you guys. I mean, it's just you guys just have the best time. um so we're gonna kind of just like downshift into this whole interview thing um to try to keep it semi-short which god help us right to try to get short (laughs) exactly just roll with it it'll be all right okay so who wants to go first and i think i'm gonna what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna uh ask the questions and then like direct one to one of you and one to the other if it's like a separate question but if it's a question that I want both of you guys to answer to get like two kind of two separate points of view I'll just, Holly, yeah. Holly will go first yeah we'll just always have Holly go first okay, <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. sounds good okay so 
Holly, tell us, um, tell us about your boys and, um, and then what it's like to be a boy mom of three very active, spunky little boys. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So three boys. Uh, my oldest is Parker. He is 11 and he'll be starting sixth grade this year. The middle one is Rylan. He is turning nine in October. And so he'll be in third grade. And then Heston is the youngest and he will be seven at the end of September. And he's starting first grade. Um, they are very active boys, very nonstop. Um, for me being a boy mom, I was, I was kind of upset at first when I didn't get a girl, I'm not going to lie, but knowing that I have three boys that will always protect me, I'll always have consistent backup, you know, bodyguard type thing when Cody's not around or if we just run somewhere without Cody, I know I've always got my boys with me to protect me. And now each one of them hold their very own pocket knives. So I think I'm good. That way. Well, and and they fight me over the door. They do, yes. So tell us what that means. Cody, you tell them what it means. So I when Holly and I first started dating, I got mad at her because she wouldn't let me open the door for her. And I told her the day that I can't, you can leave me or kill me. I don't care. The day that I can't do it. So my boys have jumped on it now and they think it's funny to run and open the mom's door before me because I get a kiss every time. So they run and open the door for her, but they also do it for like anybody like at the stores and stuff like that. But it's like a fight every time we go anywhere. That's fantastic. So that kind of leads me to another question that I've been thinking about. Um, I, I've complimented you guys multiple times on basically like how well behaved your boys are. Like they listen, they, they're respectful Parker has worked for me for the last couple state finals running uh, my SD cards back and forth to the booth. And he's, he's fairly dependable for a 10 year old, which is pretty impressive. Um, So how, what made you guys decide that you wanted to have like very well behaved boys or what, like, um, I'm trying to think of how I want to word this. Uh, Tell us like your different types of your parenting style. So Holly, like what's your kind of parenting style type? And then Cody, tell us what your parenting style is kind of like. So I think for the most part, we're probably going to be the same. Like my, the way I grew up was, you know, we never got paid for tours. We didn't have an allowance. And I think maybe this where we could be a little bit different, but Um, I always felt like it was best for me to be responsible and my parents taught me how to be responsible and be respectful. So that's kind of how I want my kids to be. I want them to be very respectful of their elders, open the door for anybody that needs it, say please, say thank you, you know, the whole manners thing, because I think a lot of parents nowadays have gone away from your basic please and thank you manners. And it's really hard for me to teach my boys that that's what we expect as parents. But then they're like, well, my friends don't say please. So that part gets kind of tricky. But I think my boys, for the most part, know and understand that that's, that's better than just demanding things and, and expecting it to be there for them yes i love that i'd say the same thing i'm probably a little more hard on them in in some aspects like we were at a birthday party when parker was real little 
and uh, he wanted to stay longer, and we had a meeting or somewhere we had to go. So he told me, he said, I wish I'd never had parents. So I made Holly drop him off in the field, and we left him there. And he came running, crying, and she was crying and all that. He's never disrespected us. Eh? Wow, that's pretty. That's I said, pretty if you don't intense. want parents, that's fine. You know, I mean, I, I know it was probably overdone because he was like six. <laughs> But, but it was like it, it was like thirty seconds of total terror that changed everything. That he was like, "Oh crap!" Like that's a legit thing. Like yeah. I need to be, yeah. What, I mean, what, watch huge. your words. Yeah. <laughs> words matter. Huge life lesson. So, um, another reason why I wanted to have you guys on the podcast is because I have um, quite a few rodeo parents that listen. Um, <clears throat> me personally, not having any kids, I love to hear how parents like raise their kids like I love seeing it and I kudos to the people that have kids because sometimes I look at people that that are raising their kids and are working real hard to create like good humans because that's basically what we're doing is you're you're trying to create like wonderful adults you know that aren't entitled to to whatever that are actually going to get up off their butts and go do something so Mm -hmm. kudos to you guys for actually putting in the work and you know growing up like raising some some decent adults so um let's see what other let's see more okay uh questions about your kids so with with the parenting stuff um what kind of activities you guys like to do together to kind of build your relationship stronger as a family Oh gosh, anything that, like that was a really good question for me because that was totally off the cuff. Like I'm like, ooh, this was gonna be a good one. So yeah, so I I'm super excited to hear what you guys do as a family. Travel. We do travel a lot. We I think we spend more time together in the truck going to rodeos than we actually do at our house together. Um, well, the part about that too is that you're in a confined area. You have to deal with each other. Yes. You can't get away. You can't go sit in your room. You can't. Yeah, but I you're think even stuck with me for exactly. Yeah. So you either deal with it over it or under it. Yeah, and I think even still, for the most part, when we're at home, we really don't have our kids. Will go. They weren't really don't go and do things by themselves without us there. So if we're not traveling to a rodeo we usually will go somewhere. At least we're in the truck somewhere. We like to go shooting. We don't live very far from a little mountain range that we can go and skeet shoot or target shoot. Um, well, even at the baseball games, they warm up together before the game. And we're yeah. there watching. Like We do everything together. Yeah. We, we try and be very close because – like I come from a family that's we're not very close at all and it makes me super sad but then Cody's family on the other hand is very close do stuff together all the time always calling each other during the week checking on each other and that's what I want for my kids I want my boys to depend on each other for anything that they need hey bro I you know got a flat tire can you come help me or whatever it is I want my boys to know that they're going to be there for each other at all times. I love it. That's fantastic. And I love how you guys are kind of looking at how you were raised and you're taking, it seems like you're taking bits and pieces of all the good things that you got growing up and how you were raised and you're kind of twisting them and tweaking them to make them work for you and your family. Mm -hmm. And you guys get to decide how you can raise your boys 
to make them, you know, to basically give them what either what you didn't have growing up or like an added extra bonus of stuff that you see that you had when you were growing up. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I love it. It's good stuff. So um, I love the whole, like, you want your boys to be able to depend on each other because I come, like, my family, my parents got divorced when I was 11, and it actually made me and my siblings a little bit closer now as adults. Like, we love getting together, and I know that, that I could call any of my brothers to help, you know, either one of my brothers to come help. Um, my sister, I live with my sister and she, she and I do a lot of things together. And so as a family, we're, we're super close as adults and it just, it just makes things that much more special later on. Mm-hmm. Yep. For sure. <laughs> Cody's a man of many words. You guys look <laughs> out. He's yapping our ear off. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, um, Holly, this is a question for you. Okay. Um, there I'm big on like the self-care, self-love kind of stuff. So what kind of stuff do you do uh, for yourself to kind of fill yourself up first so that you can be a better mom for your boys? Like, how do you do your me time? <laughs> um, I honestly, I don't know. I, I probably, and Cody hates this, but I play games on my phone and just chill, relax. But I... I don't really know that I have a lot of me time. I mean, I do when I work out of town, like, so right now I work in Richfield, which is about two hours away from where I live. And so I do get to spend a lot of time to myself, but most of the time it's on the phone with Cody and the boys (laughs) while we're gone. Yeah. We FaceTime every night. (laughs) We FaceTime every night. We say, you know, hugs and kisses and that sort of thing before I, either I go to bed now that it's summertime, the boys stay up later. Um, but when school's in, then they usually have their bedtimes. But I think for me, it's just reflecting on what I want each day for my own kids and how to become a better mom. Like, what did I do today that I can improve tomorrow to help my kids succeed? Or was the advice I gave to, let's say Parker, cause he may have had a bad day was my advice to him good or what can I help and improve on? I'm very much of a learner person. So if I don't do something or if I don't know something correctly, I'm going to go do the research to figure it out so I can be a better help for him or any of my boys the next day, the next week, whenever they need my advice. That's awesome. Okay. Cody, same question. Do you do anything to take take time out for yourself to give yourself any kind of uh, downtime, me time, or anything that that you like to do away from you know Holly and the boys to just kind of fill yourself up first and you know so that you can be a better dad? Yeah, I go to the gym. That's like my time. Like I like put on a hoodie and my earphones and not talk to anybody. Just get in, be in my own thoughts. But I also started taking Parker with me, and that's been even better to train him, I guess, and show him how it is. But I also like to read, like, psychology and mental toughness books and stuff like that. So when they start competing even heavier, hopefully I can be on another level that I wasn't at their age, that I can help them get to that level Awesome. Okay. And I love that you brought up your, 
the fact that you like to read the self-help and the like the mental toughness books because the very first book you ever uh told me to read was psych uh what was it psycho cybernetics uh-huh. yeah and that was like that was pretty intense for me but it yeah was still, like it was still really good so i want to hear more about um what kind of uh tools and steps and things that you that you've learned in however like in the last however many years since you started this journey of of learning how the mind works how how to start incorporating you know your mental toughness into your everyday life well let's see september will be seven years i eight years eight years yes see i had a brain injury (laughs) that's why holly keeps me straight so when they were telling me all about the stuff on recovery and we went to, I had to do speech therapy and all sorts of like counseling stuff and balance and like bring myself back and they're telling me we maybe know 12 to 15% of the brain's capability. And like that blew me away. And they're telling us um, we had to go to marriage counseling because they're like 80% of the marriages after an injury that you had will fail like it's science and all this and so I and then I was taking all the pills and doing all the stuff they told me to do and I got huge and there was one day the guy told me I think it was shortly after we had Heston he said uh, if you don't change something you're gonna die you're not gonna be here in the next year so I walked out of the doctor's office and I called Holly and I said let's do something now like now and I we did, I did the weight loss surgery, started reading some of those books. And uh, within like three months, I quit my job and went full in on my leather. And we moved and changed every aspect of our lives. And everything's been great since. So that got me started on it. And then just like growing up around negative mindsets and seeing stuff, the more I read, the more I study on the brain psychology side of everything I see what what I did wrong being a competitor and all that and so just like it's a fire that's literally only like 12 percent and and I want to find that other 85 percent that's fantastic okay so you say being a competitor so what did you do as a competitor I played high school football but then my I loved rope calves and team rope and stair wrestling was my passion you still do you still do enjoy steer wrestling like you're kind of a coach right to some of these kids yeah a little bit (laughs) a little bit (laughs) yeah well like jp that you just had on i helped him do a little uh shoot dogging clinic and i like i've got all the dummies and all the stuff and just kind of like brought in some of the old school ways that i did it because i'm so old compared to these high school kids But, you know, just a little tweak here and there, like, that I can see and that, and I try and, you know, at least help them out a little bit. But mostly it's like, I I told my wife, I said, I think I went through this whole thing to be, to show my boys how to be stronger mentally and be gentlemen about it. Not cocky, not nothing. You can back up your stuff, but you are unbreakable when it comes to your mental toughness that's because my goal you create like our thoughts literally create our, our lives right 100 percent. we all agree that like we all agree on that yeah absolutely yeah and that's another reason why 
I wanted you guys on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it's so funny because I had, you know, it always seems like there has to be something semi-traumatic in your life to make you, to kind of wake you up and open your eyes to essentially your power and the possibilities of uh, building your life and growing and moving forward and changing. Um, but you have to see like the crap, like you have to go through the darkness essentially to get to the light. And it seems like um, the more I start leveling up my life and the higher my vibration rises, meaning like how, like the energy that I put out, the more I, I get friends like you guys that are literally vibing on the same level that where we all believe that our thoughts create our lives, that we're control, we're in control of, you know, our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, and we can essentially create and um, build an epic life. So um, I just want, yeah, thank you guys for like being part of my high vibe tribe. Cause it's, I mean, it's pretty, it's been pretty fun to get to know you guys the last few years. So um, let's see. Uh, this one is for both of you. What, what was the best piece of advice you were ever given solicited or unsolicited? And this actually, this question actually came from one of my Facebook friends. I tagged you guys in the post earlier, but she wants, she was wondering what was the best piece of advice you were given either solicited or unsolicited? (laughs) Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Holly goes first. Okay. So this one, I, I try and pay it forward with this one just as much when I, when Cody and I were getting married, I had a bunch of friends throw a bridal shower for me. And one of the best pieces of advice that I got from it was if you're going to fight, fight naked. (laughs) My favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag goals. Yes. Like that's the thing. (laughs) And has it worked? Yes. Because yep. <laughs> you end up not fighting. Yeah. Because I because I just give up when she's naked. <laughs> it's over. I'm done. You yes, win. game over. <laughs> Especially when I want to win the conversation. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, remember PG guys like grandma approved this is totally Every, everybody was approved. born naked so it's fine okay okay we're fine we're in the clear we're good <laughs> that's the best okay so Cody what was yours mine would probably be quit thinking about it and just do it but that's yeah. deeper than than it sounds okay so throw like Let's dig it deep. Like, let's get after yeah. it. In anything in life, it's like you can overthink it, talk yourself out of it, think about all the bad possibilities that are going to happen. Say, like, running this, you know, a bulldog and steer. Like, well, the, he set up whatever, you overthink it, and you miss him because everybody else had. But if you just handle the situation in the now, it's easy. You just don't think about it. Just do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, Cody, you repeated to me multiple times at state finals, uh, <laughs> quit talking about it and just be about it. Like, yeah, quit running your mouth and freaking just start taking some action basically. And I've thought like anytime I have any kind of situation like pop up, it's like, okay, 
decide what you want, believe you can have it, believe you deserve it, believe it's possible for you to get after it. And then when you decide, just get after it, like stop talking about it and just go for it. Because the way I look at it is the, the more you sit and like bounce, bounce it back and forth about what you want to do, the more you're going to confuse the universe and the less chance there is for you to get what you want. hundred percent. Yes. Yes. So I, I love that. The don't like stop talking about it and just be about it. Like that's huge. So on that aspect, I've been, we've been wanting to start a podcast and I've been dragging my feet and not listening to my own self. Yeah. So, uh, I was going to wait to have you guys like, tell us all about it. It's end, okay, pause. pause. We'll, we'll put, put a, a pin, pin in, in it. We'll put a pin in it, and we're going we're gonna to take a quick commercial break. Right. <laughs> um, so, okay, so we will, we will discuss that a little bit more later because uh, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. So, Cody, I want you to tell us really quick what it's like to be a rodeo judge. Like, give us the scoop on the rodeo judge life, and I want to know... <laughs> Keep it PG. <laughs> yeah, keep it PG, Grandma Proof Podcast, and give us one one rodeo wreck story where you were a judge, and it like like the outcome was good, but it was like a pretty gnarly thing that like went down. I'll start with that because it okay. happened at state finals this year. Okay, cool. Holly was the Holly was the junior high uh, secretary for the Southern Utah. And uh, we had she had a kid that was sitting right up in there. They were team roping, you know, to and they're right in to win the state. And uh, like being the judge, you have your what you need to see to complete a run, you know, to stop the time. So I have my criteria of of what I expect in a run, and I try and keep it consistent over all the runs. And the one and in the team roping, you need to stretch the cow out dallied on the heels dallies on the head and, the, and they were in a v and they weren't stretched out to where i've held everybody else so i hold my flag the steer jumps out of the loop and they don't get a time and it kind of cost them quite a lot and uh um like i look back at the directors and you know they're just like yeah that was a good call and all that but then holly could hear it up in the stands like you know that piece is whatever. He's so da 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 just because they were a good team. And the dad of the kid that didn't get the time actually stood up for me to to these other parents saying that, that was indeed the right call. And he he and it was his kid that didn't end up winning because of it, but he still had my back saying that his boy should have done it right. Wow. So the parent was holding his son accountable for yeah. his son not taking the actions that he needed to get the time yeah. and was also standing up for you. Yeah. And while the other, other parents, they didn't you know, weren't even, we're talking shit and that and Holly was just kind of listening and heard the dad stand up for me. It was his own son saying that it was the right call. So, and that wow. was, that was kind of cool for Holly to tell me that at dinner that night. And I was like, really? Cause uh, you know, I figured I was just going to get it from everybody. Yeah, but that's crazy, and that's cool that the 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 dad did that because I yeah. mean, as a rodeo judge, I'm sure you you get a lot like a raft of crap a lot of times because if you don't make a call that the parents think you should have made, 
even though it was the right call, you know, it's, it's hard to, to kind of handle that. I mean, as a photographer, I hear a lot of it, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot that goes on that I can hear and listen to and pay attention to while I'm basically focused with my face and my camera, Right. you know, and I can't say anything or I can't get involved because I've been really trying to put forth this mentality of not my circus, not my monkeys, (laughs) where, where the only job that I'm there to do is the taking the picture job, you know, everything else is, is, doesn't involve me. So, um, what do you do in a situation where a parent comes at you and say a parent thinks you should have made one call and like, how do you handle that kind of situation? Uh, there's two ways, you know, if I honestly feel like I screwed up, I'll own it. I mean, that's the best thing is being honest, right? Yeah. If I screwed up, I'm going to own it. My bad. I'm sorry, blah, blah. But if I'm completely convinced that I'm right and I saw what I saw, I'm not going to back down. Right. Ult- ultimately, I have the last say. Yeah. In in it. And I will ask my partner, you know, depending on if they saw what, what they're complaining about or whatever it is. But there's rules for a reason. Not that I agree with all of them, but I got to enforce them. Right. And it's your job to make sure that every single contestant has the best opportunity to, to do their best when they get, when they nod their head or when they call for their steer or whatever, you know, that's what you're essentially paid for. And so, you know, in a way, I think rodeo judges are a little bit underrated and undervalued. And I think, you know, for me personally, it's you guys are in the arena just as long as I am. Yeah. We can't leave. Like we barely even get potty breaks sometimes depending on the rodeo or whatever. So in a way, like rodeo judges are very, very vital and a very vital part of the rodeo. So kudos to you for like stepping (laughs) up and like doing the thing. What made you decide to want to be a rodeo judge? Um, well, my little brother, I kind of raised him, I hazed for him and all that. And then he was graduating and the guy that was over the judging worked on me, like, come judge, come judge, come judge. So his senior year, I went and did a few just to kind of see what it was and and uh, kind of took off from there. And then, uh, I don't know, I just really like, well, I love rodeo, like the whole aspect of it, the office, the producing, the competing, the everything. So it's a great way to be a part of it. Plus, like, seeing all these kids grow up, you know, because I think this year I've judged for 11 years now. And so, like, watching these kids come all the way from junior high and then or even like halfway through the year, just something clicks and they start to compete even better. And that is, it's, it's awesome to see. And then, you know, like when I do help some and see them flourish and it's, it's pretty cool. I just love the whole lifestyle of it. Oh, that's fantastic. You're like me. You get, you get really excited watching these kids like grow and develop and get, get better and better each year. And it just, you know, I, I call my Utah kids like my kids because I don't have any kids, but I've got like a whole Utah rodeo association yeah. full of kids. And there's some that, you know, I really connect with and some that I don't and that's okay. But for the most part, like when you see kids like, you know, JP 
and yeah. even the Olsen boys, uh, Preston and Swade Olsen, like I've been taking pictures of those two since they were little wranglers for the national, <laughs> like doing the national low britches, like, uh, franchise rodeos there in Utah. And yeah. I mean, now they're state champions and they're headed, they're at nationals right now roping. Like that's so cool. Yeah. Okay. I cool. mean, it's, it's better than following a, a big team, you know? Yes, for sure. I, I think. Yeah, it's it makes it a lot of fun, you know, watching these kids and grow up and stuff like that. So, Holly, what do you think about the rodeo stuff? Oh, gosh, I I love it 100%. I did not grow up in rodeo scene. Um, I actually never rode a horse until after I met Cody when I was 19. When on my very first horse ride, I was always not deathly afraid, but pretty darn afraid of horses just because you always see on TV, like they kick you, they bite you. And I mean, obviously you got to do some pretty serious stuff for that to happen. But um, as somebody who never had been around horses and stuff, it was really an eye opener for me to how much knowledge and expertise that all of these rodeo contestants and families have. And the biggest take that I've gone through is the meaning of rodeo family I never really understood what that meant. And they would always talk about it when I'd go with Cody to watch um, his little brother rodeo and even his sister's rodeos and stuff like that. But now that I'm in it and I've been around it for so many years, there is a huge family. And I mean, I feel like we could go from the top of Utah to the bottom of Utah. And if we ever broke down, we had somebody in a state or a city nearby that we could call and say, hey, come grab us. We're, we're stuck. And any one of them would drop at a, you know, pin that whatever they would stop and do whatever and come and help us. And that's where I feel like we have such a huge, huge family in rodeo all over. And that's what I love the most about it. Yes. I love that too. And you're absolutely right. Cause I mean, it seems like some, sometimes it seems like Utah and the state of Utah and the the Utah High School Rodeo Association really is like a giant family, mm-hmm. you know, and I love how a lot of the kids will cheer for each other, like at state finals, you know, I mean, they're out there competing against each other, but they're also, they want to see their friend do well, yes. you know, and I think that's, that's probably one of the most, most important things is that they, you know, to be happy for other people's happiness and for other people's success is is huge because that always brings in more happiness and more success into your life. Yep. So, you know, it's what you put out, you get back. Well, Absolutely. In that sense, it's how we're raising the boys <coughs> in the same, yeah. same mind frame, not even just in the arena, but in life, you know, if you can celebrate other people's victories in school, in, in holding the door for an old lady, Whatever it is, like it goes deeper than just in the arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you're creating you're creating a life based on giving, and you know, I love that the whole what you put out and you guys raising your boys, you know, that way because it's it's very rare these days to find you know parents that are willing to discipline their children like you know like they quote unquote should, 
Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people get so wrapped up in their own thing that they just kind of leave their kids to kind of just do whatever. And I guess I can't say a whole lot because I don't have kids, but this is just kind of an observation, <laughs> you know. Well, growing up, because I was a jock and then I rodeoed and then I, I had friends that were stoners and jocks and skaters and all that. And they all loved like being at my house and they would run shoots for me like with my mom and dad that's kind of how we were raised everybody hung out at my house didn't matter what you're into we cheered you on and no matter what you're doing you know and so it's like moved over into in the arena like yeah i got free shoot help but you know that worked but you were also an example to those other those other kids and they probably liked being at your house because it seems like you get, you probably had like the more stable house, maybe yeah. possibly, you know, yeah. where and, it, and all it was, was the discipline of, yeah. I got to practice. Like I got to be the baddest, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'd rope in the morning before school and I'd rope in Bulldog after school and after football practice. And those guys would be there to run shoots for me, but my mom would feed them, you know, we'd eat at 11 o'clock at night. Everybody was welcome. Like, and they just loved it. Cause I still talked to one of my best friends and, you know, this is, I'm, I don't even know when I graduated, like a long time ago, <laughs> but he still talks about being at my house when the Holly and I are visiting with him. Just like the epitome of, of a family. That's awesome. I love it. Okay. So, um, really quick, I want to hear, uh, let's see how you guys met and then, uh, one, one or two, like, so Cody, I want to hear your favorite story of when you guys were dating and then holly i want to hear your favorite story of when you were dating so whoever wants to tell us how you guys met go for it go ahead holly <laughs> okay um all right so i let's see let me see how this will start so first cody's sister and i we played volleyball and basketball against each other at rival schools in central utah so i knew casey and kind of a little bit about her family And I knew she had an older brother that never really met him. So I had graduated, came back from college for a little while, and I started working in Richfield at the KFC Taco Bell. And the rumor was that Cody had just got out of jail for murder. Okay, this is a rumor, people. It is not true. (laughs) It was a rumor that was started by the the store manager and he loved to prank everybody. And so that's what he told everybody. And I hated talking to people. Yes. So it kind of helped because it kept people away from Cody. So he didn't have to talk to him, but it also scared us that we've got a murderer on our hands. kind of a thing. So we, so I started working back at KFC and I was working there too. His sister was working there. Cody was also working there. So the day that Cody and I kind of officially met was at KFC. I was working on the taco line, making some tacos, and Cody was in the back of the restaurant cooking all of the chicken for KFC. That morning, he happened to just grab his sister's shirt off of the stairs to run out, grab, go to work. Keep in mind, Cody's a big dude. I mean, everybody's seen Cody. He's a big dude. Cody's sister's not that big. She's a little, little tight. And so his her shirt that he had on that day was extremely tight. Like arms were 
bulging out of his shirt. So he comes and he stands right next to me, kind of over the top of me. And if you've ever met Cody, he's a very soft-spoken person. And all he said to me was, does this shirt make me look fat? (laughs) Batman in a little shirt. (laughs) Yes. And I looked at him and I was like, no. And I moved away from him to continue working on this order. And he walked away back to the back and continued cooking chicken for the rest of our shift. That was the only words we said. He said to me that day. Well, at that moment. So we get off work that night and he's like following me out to the car. And I was a little panicked because again, in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, this guy's a murderer. He's following out to my car. (laughs) And so we talked for a little bit outside of the car and he's like, well, do you want to go on a date with me tonight? And I was like, um, sure. We have been together ever since. And that was 16, almost 17 years ago. Okay, Cody, what made you decide to walk up to Holly and ask her if your shirt made you look fat? <laughs> well, I saw her come in and, and uh, like, apply for the job, and I was like, oh. <laughs> so then a couple of days later, she started, and then, uh, um, I don't know, I say random shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, no, you well, got to tell the yeah, truth of the story, baby. So there was a girl there that, like, wanted to date me and stuff and so you know how girls play games she's like i bet you can't get the new girl to go on a date with you i said watch and so we went on a date and it really backfired in that girl's face because we've been together ever since oh <laughs> so, so holly dude, likes to hold that over my head that yeah just a bet i was just a bet <laughs> i said i i noticed you three days earlier so don't even worry about it forget about it <laughs> it was meant to be it was meant to happen no matter what Oh, yeah. Sure it was. Absolutely. Because <laughs> I don't really talk to anybody. So for me to even talk to her was big. Though. Yeah. And then we talk about how quiet you are when you talk. And, <laughs> and what do you say? What did you say on the phone the other day? That was my that was my play back in the day. If I talk soft, the girls got closer to me. So then I could really bring them in. And then they were hook, line, and sinker. So, <laughs> as it worked on Holly. Yes, and I'm the one that got stuck, and it's okay. It's so funny. Reeled you in like a big old bass fish there. Oh, heck yeah. It's it's all about patience. (laughs) Because she had a lot of patience before we got married. I did. God bless you, Holly. I know. Okay, so so, Holly, tell me your favorite dating story, and then I want to hear Cody's. Um, I think I'll probably still Cody's because it's our favorite, both of us, but he has to come up with something else because I, I go first. I win. Um, <laughs> We're very competitive, by the way. <laughs> no, no. We, we don't play board games at our house. No, we don't. It's fine. We'll talk about that another time. So uh, my favorite date that we went on, we had nothing to do. I mean, if anybody knows where Richfield is, it's in the middle of the state with absolutely nothing to do as far as like um, restaurants, fun things. Like we have a bowling center, mountains galore. So you could go get lost in the mountains for days if you wanted to, but nothing really that you could do fun in our sense of fun, I guess. But so we went to Walmart bought coloring books and crowns and we sat in the back in the garden area because it was just like starting to become spring so all the garden or the patio furniture was out 
So we sat in the garden section at the patio table and colored for probably, what, an hour, maybe two hours? Yeah, probably two hours. Something like that. And I, that was like the most fun thing. And I've never met a boy slash man that can color just as good as me. It was awesome. He like totally impressed me with his coloring skills. That's it. He's the one. He can color just as good as me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a fantastic story. I've never heard that one from you guys before. I love it. Yeah. It was kind of off the cuff. We just were like, I'm like, you want to color? She's like, you color? I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had me at hello, right? <laughs> I had you at aqua blue or something. <laughs> yeah oh my gosh awesome okay so oh cody you got to tell us your favorite dating story now too our first dating story <laughs> our first date when i so i took her to the movies and uh we went we bought like dr pepper in uh the sour watermelon patch kid stuff so we split those but we went to the worst first date movie it was hitch oh i love that movie but yeah it's great but it's not for a first date all the all the tales and all the stuff and so finally i take holly back to her house and she's standing on the doorstep and it's like do i kiss her whatever she started jingling the keys like they talked in the movie that (laughs) she wants a kiss and i started giggling and i left i said i'll see you tomorrow and i left (laughs) oh because I, I couldn't do it, and so then, uh, and then we've been we've been together ever since that. But that was our very first date. Went and saw that movie with all the little tricks and tales and all that. We were giggling the whole time, and we get to there, and she started jingling her keys and didn't even notice it, and I I lost it. <laughs> yeah, as soon as he started giggling, I looked down and realized that I was playing with the keys. I was like, oh gosh, oh gosh, <laughs> and then we just couldn't say anything. We're like, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Okay, so I want to hear, because I mean, my podcast, uh, me and Brian's podcast is called Pro Tips. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so I want to hear like a life pro tip from each of you. What like what's one one thing that you've started to incorporate or that you incorporate in your life um, that essentially like helps you, a.k.a. win at life or level up in life or just something to give to our listeners that they can take and use in their everyday life. So Holly, go first. Um, this is perfect. Cause I actually just found a sign that I want to hang up. Cause I always feel like I'm a very positive person and I try and bring any Sometimes sort of positive. positive. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Sometimes I, too positive. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I, I just want to be mad and she doesn't <laughs> let me. Yeah. Dude, that's why Holly and I get along so well because there's a couple times where Brian wanted to be ba- mad this last weekend and I was trying to help him like through some stuff, like giving him some coaching and everything. But it's like, dude, there's got to be like a silver lining to all this stuff is yes. what it is. So yes. yeah, that's why Holly and I are like, we get along so good because yes. we vibe that way. Okay, go ahead. Exactly. Keep going. Okay. So I finally found the motto to my life and it is um, when you can't find the sunshine, be the sunshine. Oh my gosh. That's so good. 
So that is definitely my life motto. And I want to make a sign because I every morning when I go to work, I'm always like, good morning, sunshine, kind of being that obnoxious person in the first thing in the morning, (laughs) trying to make sure everybody's good. But I love to have the positivity energy already in the office before people walk through the door. And I don't know about anybody else in this in the world, but most people dread going to the driver license place to get a new license because it's always ornery people. No, not in my world. My world is very sunshiny. <laughs> and you're welcome. People feel it. Yes. <laughs> yes. People feel it the minute they walk through the door because there's not that like disarray of oh, there's another person that needs a, a road test or it's an energy thing it definitely is and there's been a lot of people that have commented on that and I love that people can feel the difference between my office per se uh, for somebody maybe in a bigger office in Salt Lake City area even you know people coming from California say it all the time oh my gosh this is nothing like the DMVs in in California or how how much do they have to pay you to be this nice or wow. <laughs> did you have to go to school to be this nice like it's just so funny how people compliment and can see the sunshine that I try and bring to each place I go especially when you get proposed to yes what? yes yes <laughs> It's no joke. I have been, yes. So I've been proposed to three different times um, in my position that I have now. And I, I have to retest people and make sure they're still safe to operate the vehicles and whatnot. So if they're not, then I can take their driving privilege away. And I've had somebody say, well, you're just so nice. Are you happily married? Like, well, yeah, I've been happily married for quite a while. And they're like, well, are you sure? Because I think we really could hit this off. And I think you should marry me instead. (laughs) And it's just so funny. And it's these cute little old men and you know how they can be. But it's, it's pretty funny. What an ego boost, man. I'm telling you. Heck yeah. It always makes you feel good when you can A, make somebody's day or B, make somebody's day. You know, because I love how you said that you like to get the energy flow going in a positive direction before anybody else, any of the, like the local public comes into the office because it literally sets the tone for your day and the whole office. Yes. That's huge. That's really huge. I'm big on setting intentions for your day. It's a practice that I've been trying to incorporate in my life as well, that the way you set your day and the intentions you set for your day is literally dictates how your day is going to go. And there's that quote that says um, you can't just wake up and see what kind of day you're going to have, but you can, but you have to wake up and intentionally set your day so that you can create your day in advance or something like that. Yep. Heck yes. And you do, because if you get off on the wrong foot or let's say you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, as most people would say, it really sets that tone and everybody can feel it. The minute you walk out of your door, you're going to be ornery and grumpy. And then things are just going to start rolling downhill for you. And it's, it's definitely a mindset as well as trying to keep those positive vibes and energies going for you. The minute you start getting down on that quote unquote rabbit hole of darkness, it's really hard to get out sometimes. And that's why I feel like if I never even open that rabbit hole or put the shovel in the dirt at all, then that's never going to 
be a problem for me. And I'm not saying I'm not a negative person because I do have my downy days and I do have my moments. But when I do, Cody's like, you're being a little negative. I'm like, I know, just give me a minute. Let me get over my whatever it is. And then I'll be good. Just give me five minutes, 10 minutes. Sometimes it takes a half a day, but I at least can recognize that. And then I pull myself out and I'm good. And I love that. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you're good. That was it. Okay. (laughs) But we kind of do it for each other though. We send texts and then we ride on the mirror with, with uh, dry erase and stuff, different quotes and different things to each other all the time. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Hashtag goals. Okay. (laughs) Like super, super random. Okay. Some of them are naughty. I'm not going to lie. It's true. Well, it's you, Cody. (laughs) We would, we would not expect anything less than that. But it always makes your smile. So I keep going. Yeah. It does. Super random. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of big on the whole, like you have to put out what you want to get back. So, so for me, I've basically taken like this whole year off of like dating. Like I'm not really dating anybody. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm not like nothing. I'm focusing more on myself and I'm focusing on what I need to give myself in order to know what I want from my perfect partner. So I, you bring up the writing, the notes on the mirror and that like Mm -hmm. blows my mind because every day when I take a shower, I will write myself a love note in the steam on the mirror of what I want my essentially my perfect partner to leave notes for me yes I mean it people might think that's super cheesy but how Mm. do I how do I know I'm gonna you know how can I get what I want for my perfect partner if I don't give it to myself first and so I'll write stuff like you're amazing you're beautiful have a wonderful day I'm so proud of you like just just stuff that like essentially makes me love myself more so yes. that I can, I can be open to accept love from other people. So Holly, earlier today, you shared one of the, um, law of, law of attraction quote things that I shared earlier on Facebook yes. that, quote that says, before you commit to loving someone else unconditionally, learn to love yourself unconditionally. Yes. So let's, let's touch on that for a second. What is, what is self-love? What does that mean to you, Holly? For me, I have to be. I have to know that what I present, whether it's the way I look, the way I feel, the way I cross my legs or whatever it is, I have to love 100% myself before I can let Cody love me. And at the time I didn't love myself and Cody helped me to be honest. I, my ego, my self-confidence was very low when I met Cody. And I don't know if it was because I came from a family who didn't really boost each other up. We were just kind of there and coexisted, if you will. Cody really set the bar high for me to say, it's okay to love yourself. It's okay to cut toxic people out of your life. It's okay to do these things for you because this is what you want. And so for me, that took me quite a while to get over that fear of, well, what are people going to think? What is people going to, what are they going to say behind my back? And I learned, you know what? It doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter what people say. They're going to say it regardless. But if I can move forward with confidence and hold my head and shoulders up high to know this is who I am. And if you like me, super. If not, super. Have an enjoyable day. 
but I know I can continue my day and I love myself for who I am and who I've become and what kind of a person, a mom, a friend, a coworker, a boss, anything of that nature. I know I can do it with more confidence than I did 17 years ago when Cody and I first met. And so I think that's how Cody can love me as unconditionally as he does because he helped me learn that and get over all of my, well, what ifs. Oh my gosh. I love everything about (laughs) what you just said, because (laughs) like the whole, like, well, what are other people going to think or self-love is selfish? Like, or wait, you love yourself? Like what kind of voodoo crap is that? You know, like people (laughs) don't understand that the foundation of learning to be loved and accepting love from other people is loving yourself first. You Mm -hmm. have to love yourself as you are. And that's one thing that I tell myself almost every day. Like I love you exactly as you are, but it's totally safe for me to get better and to keep growing and to keep moving forward and become the person that I'm meant to be for the perfect person that's meant for me. Because if I don't keep growing and developing and becoming, you know, a stronger, more powerful version of myself, how can I expect to bring in um, a perfect partner that doesn't mirror what I am? You know, I have to, I have to be exactly what I'm looking for in order to attract exactly what I want. Absolutely. Oh you hit it right this, on the head, sister. This is some good stuff. Okay, Cody, let's hear your let's hear your definition of self-love. And because I know for the dudes, it's pretty hard to like accept the whole self-love, um, self-worth kind of uh vibe, I guess, because mm-hmm. you know, like most men, you guys are conditioned to be tough and to be like strong and it's it's not cool for you to feel anything or feel your feelings or anything like that when you guys really when men really do need to be into their emotions and essentially embrace their feminine side so let's like hear your take on that i have one quote for what holly was saying it's uh the sun doesn't care who it shines on just be yourself it still rises and sets just as it ever would I love that. Yeah, it's the way I say it's a little more PG 13, but (laughs) it's the same point as the sun doesn't care. It's still consistent as the day is long and it'll shine on everything. So be you 100%. I love it. But on the self care, the way I, I don't know. I think especially like with Holly, I can show more emotion, but it almost, it sounds completely opposite, but it makes you stronger. It's like the balance part is, yeah, you know, I was tore up when we first started dating, one of my best friends overdosed. And that was the first time like she saw me literally cry and I didn't know how to handle it. And it was one of those times is like it really locked us in and she saw like the other side of me and instead of just being like walking away, you know, cause she, wanted to kiss me or whatever being tough it was like that point of I don't even know how to feel right now because anyway, we were sitting at dinner I remember and I kind of lost it mm-hmm. and then uh, there's been lots of little things like that but like in the same aspect of my boys like I've got to be an example so being disciplined in the gym after I lost a bunch of weight um, 
our youngest boy, he I'd take him with me because I had a daycare. But all he wanted to do was lift. So he's two years old out there just lifting like the five pound weight, trying to do what dad did. And that really locked in of like, if I don't take care of me, they won't know how to take care of themselves. They're watching me every step. And so like for me, it's 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 that part that really pushes like the self-care of getting better. Like my family never read like everybody thinks it's weird that I read all these books all the time and all this stuff. But then my mom calls me for advice. My dad calls me for advice. And Holly and I've had this conversation. I'm like, shouldn't they be, shouldn't I be calling them at this age? You know, <laughs> like it's so backwards, but it's not that I know everything or whatever, but I'm like, I've read this. I've experienced that. I've done this. I try and learn. Like if I do one thing, I'm going to do it 110% no matter what I try and do. Cause I, it's just how I made, I guess. I'll just add a quick thing to that. Yeah, there's more for me. The one thing that attracted me the most to Cody was his confidence in himself and the way he carried himself. There is a huge difference between being a confident person and a cocky person. There, there can be a fine line sometimes between being cocky and confident, but I 100% fell in love with Cody's confidence and how he carried himself and how he knew this is how he was going to be. And this is who he is. And you either like it or you hate it. And either way, he's still him. And that's what I loved about him. And I still do to this day. He's a very confident person. I mean, anybody can tell you he's very confident, but he's not cocky. He will not rub it in your face that he's better than you at X, Y, and Z because he may not have ABC figured out. (laughs) He's still going to figure those out and become more confident in those things. And that's what I love about Cody. That's awesome. Okay. So the, the thing when you said um, he's not going to rub it in your face. So that made me think of that quote and I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's good, if I'm going to say this right or not, but it's like a lion is a lion, but you don't, but you don't have to, a lion will never go around telling you it's a lion. Mm-hmm. Like it'll mm-hmm. just, it'll just roar. Right. But you know, I, I swear it feels like some of the, the people that have the lowest self-esteem and the ones that are, that don't love themselves or, or don't believe in themselves enough are the ones that are going to go around telling you how great they are mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so yeah like the least confident people in the world always have to go around and tell you how awesome they are when the ones that are super confident and are secure in their own abilities will never have to tell you how awesome they are and exactly. on, that, on that aspect in confidence is knowing what you don't know yeah owning I don't know this please teach me or I don't know that's a confidence in knowing what you don't know Mm -hmm. yeah and being open to learn and being open to being guided to get more education you know Mm -hmm. like yeah that's I love it that's that's awesome um okay Cody what is because we got we got Holly's uh life pro tip let's hear your life pro tip The one quote that I like and it's in everything is uh, life isn't fair. So don't live like it is just live harder. 
nobody's story is the same. You know, like I feel bad for JP being the smallest bulldogger out there, but technically he bulldogs the best. You know, if he, but it doesn't make him not try harder in that aspect. And if nobody's stories is exactly the same. So don't think that life's fair. Just do yourself. Yes. I love that. Basically focus on your own self and your own goals. Yep. And, you know, I see this quote all the time, stay in your own lane. Like yeah. why like run your own race? What, what good is it going to do if you're running, if you're running a race and you're worried about what other people are doing when all you have to do is just focus on yourself and what you're doing and uh, keep moving forward. So I have, I have something that kind of like, kind of goes along with this. So um, you guys know my little brother races jet boats, right? Yes. And, and he just won the Faulkner Memorial Trophy, which was like a big deal, like a huge awesome. deal. So he and I were kind of talking yesterday um, at Lagoon while we were waiting in line and we were visiting with his friend, Danelle, that, um, that she's into big, into boat racing as well. And we, we get, we get talking about how the, the one guy that really pushes my brother is from California and we noticed, well, my brother noticed that, uh, this guy was always like trying to block like if he was in the front, he was always trying to block because he was always mm-hmm. worried about what other people were doing. When my little brother decided, like, and my brother used to concede, like he used to see the other driver, you know, trying to block and not let him pass or anything like that. And so for safety reasons, my brother would kind of essentially back off. Well, this last year, the difference was my brother decided that he wasn't going to concede and that he was going to run his own race and let the other guy run his race and whoever ran essentially ran the best race was going to come out on top and it worked out because um the first race of saturday morning my brother had his boat dialed in so well that he literally walked away from the other guy to the point where yeah where he beat him by by six or eight or ten boat lengths like i mean it was massive yeah it was a massive victory and we're pretty sure that that was the race that secured my brother the win for the trophy Cause you don't even have to finish the weekend to win the trophy. Cause it's essentially he beat, he, uh, he broke, he, well, yeah. And he broke the track record in speed for his Thank division. God. Yeah. That's so cool. So Saturday afternoon, the other driver tweaked on his boat between races and got it running faster, which yeah. Yay for him. Like that's fantastic. And in the afternoon heats, they swap places so in the morning, my brother had the inside and in the afternoon, my brother had the outside, like lane two and the other driver had lane one. And so my little brother was like, I am just going to run my race and I'm going to stay in my lane and I'm going to like focus on my own self and let this other guy do what he needs to do. And it was pretty intense. Like my brother literally beat the other driver by probably like five or six inches like the awesome. announcer had to ask, yeah the announcer had to ask the timing girls that were like at right at river level like who won it because that's how close it was that's and awesome so, yeah but the the, the train like the biggest thing was, was my brother had to decide that he couldn't worry about what the other guy was doing like he had to focus yeah. on himself and focus on his own race and that's what literally set him apart you know and okay. i love how a lot of people 
I mean, you see it on, like, we see it on Facebook all the time that, I mean, there's criticism, there's people judging, there's all this other stuff. And the more you give attention to the negative and what other people are doing, the more that's all you're going to see. But Mm -hmm. when you take your attention away from what other people are doing and you put it back on yourself and you focus on your own race and what you're doing and don't give your attention to what other people are doing, that's when you actually start getting farther and farther ahead in life and essentially winning at everything. Yeah. So there, you know, Mike, the picture of Michael Phelps and that other guy that lost to him. Yeah. That one. Have you, have you seen that seen quote? Him? Yeah. Winners focus on winning. Losers yeah. focus on winners. Yeah. I love hundred percent. That. That's mm-hmm. legit a thing. That's a real thing. Like yeah. the more you focus on what you're doing and, and stay in, in your own lane and true to yourself, you know, I, I mean, if you look at how many other rodeo photographers are out there doing all this stuff, yeah. You know? But I can't worry about how many other photographers are out doing all the hundreds of rodeos that are happening right now. And yeah. I'm focusing on myself and doing what's best for me, essentially staying home on a, on a really busy weekend and doing the family stuff. I mean, I, yeah. ha- I made memories this weekend that I would have never made had I been gone, exactly. you know, and I know that there's always going to be more rodeos. There's always going to be more money to be made, you know there might not be another chance for me to go kayaking in the river with my cousins. You know, that's like a once that could be essentially like a once in a lifetime thing. So it's one of those deals where it's like, it's okay to like take a break and, you know, have a blast with your cousins over the weekend and let all these other photographers go out and do the thing. Because, you know, I know that I'll be out there eventually, like eventually within the next couple of weeks, I'll be running just as hard as they are. Mm -hmm. So, Anyways, that's just, I just thought that was super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think you can kind of do that with life itself. I mean, everybody's finish line is six feet under. Let's be honest. Yeah. It's how you run your race. I mean, if you think of life as your own race, those of us that are positive and keep going and running, we typically kind of enjoy life. We have a great life filled with full of memories and things that we can say, Hey, that was a super good life. Then there's those of us who are a little more negative and they dwell on things. Their race is going to be a lot more dreary, a lot longer. They're going to be treading through mud, if you will, at times, and their life may not be as enjoyable. And for me, I feel like I don't want to be in the downy dumps all the time. I want to be in this high life, But that's my focus, my life, you know, trying to get to the best that I can possibly be and not dwelling on the past and dwelling on the negative portions of life that throw that life throws at you. You're going to have a curveball here and there. It's how you swing the bat and knock it out of the park to get it to, you know, how you want it to end. But yeah, I love that. So, so, um, what was I going to say? Oh, it's all a conscious choice. Like what we choose to focus on is a choice. Yes. And mm-hmm. it's like you said, there's going to be curveballs and there's going to be situations that show up in our lives that we literally have no control over. It's how we react and how we choose to come out of the crap essentially that's going to set us apart. Like you can take a bad experience and you can make it worse by choosing to relive it over and over and over again. Or you can take a bad experience and say, okay, 
what is this trying to teach me? What can I learn from this? Or how can I grow from this point on that's going to set essentially set you on a path to becoming better? Mm-hmm. You know, I like that quote that says, grow through what you go through. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You can kind of enlighten it too, if anybody, and yes, I'm a, a mom of young boys who watch Disney movies all the time, but I'm a hundred percent Disney fanatic anyways. But the Lion King towards the end when Rafiki comes back and hits Simba over the head and he's like, well, what'd you do that for that hurt? And he's like, well, yeah, the past can hurt. You can either run from it or learn from it. And he swings again and Simba ducks. And that's exactly what you have to do with life is you can either run from it or you can learn from it. And I love that. It's my favorite part of that whole movie. That whole movie is a pretty stellar movie anyways. Heck yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of my favorites growing up. I'm not going to lie, but that, I love that. I love everything about that. And you guys, we're like, we're rocking this stuff. I'm so excited. <laughs> Cody, do you have anything to add to any of this stuff? I love my wife. Aww. She's so smart. That's freaking Aww. awesome because I kind of love your wife too, <laughs> but not like that. Like, like a sister. Like she's my. She's like one of my soul sisters. It, it yes. makes it awesome. <laughs> Sister from another Mister, right? Absolutely, hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh! Is there anything else that we want to talk about or t- or touch on before we start wrapping this stuff up and dive into your? Uh, aka little surprise that you guys are not like getting ready to to hit us with in the next few days i think we should probably save it for another time we we could probably all talk all night on different we topics. really could oh, yeah absolutely right i know we could but that I, just means so i'm just saying this isn't the last time i'm going to talk to you guys exactly we could be repeat guests i would be okay with this for sure okay so who wants to spill the beans about what's happening with you guys? Holly. I knew you were <laughs> going to do that. <laughs> I know. he He's so funny, but it's okay. All right. So our little project we've been working on, Cody has had this um, idea, thought, whatever you want to do about doing a podcast for the last probably year. And it's something – you need to tell this part, Cody. It's something that he is absolutely – I don't know what's the right word fearful about. He hates talking to people for one, but during part of his self-help looking and reading through all these mental um, toughness books and things, they're telling you do things that scare you. So one thing that scares him is talking to people. So what better than to start a podcast? So he has to talk to people. Or be on a podcast. Or be so on a podcast. You have to talk to people. So why? Okay. So I want to know, Cody, what, what, why does it, why do you hate talking to people? What scares you the most about it? I hate my voice. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Holly, I think you and I can both agree that that is like the least of his worries. Like, yes. Oh, so you're saying I got lots of problems. No. Like, <laughs> Like, you've got, like, one of the best voices that I could literally listen to all day. Like, <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, like, dude, you have nothing to worry about with your voice. All you have to do is take that confidence that Holly fell in love with and just project it into what you're going to say and just, like, back it up with a little bit of, like, yeah, I got this shit. Exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying. 
I hate being wrong. Okay, so but you're married. Exactly. Like what's right or wrong? Like nothing. Yeah, know. you're you and I'm me and Holly's her and like <laughs> we can all be wrong about certain things, but it's all a matter of like our own race. Yeah. It's our perception. own race. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's I really don't think there's any kind of right or wrong in anything. Yeah. It's a belief. Totally. You gotta and let he, that you gotta let that go, buddy. Yes, he's right. gonna get over it because <laughs> because do you wanna tell him the start date or do you wanna go in further, Cody? I think you should take this part. I'm listening. Nope, you take it. <laughs> take it, dude. You got this. So Holly and Amanda challenged us to do a date. And we're big on numbers, so we decided we'll launch it on the 24th of July. Okay, so why? Because okay. it equals 13. It equals don't, 13. Don't worry about how. <laughs> the, the numbers work, work 13. We were married on Friday the 13th twice. Twice. Twice? Okay, yeah. wait, what? Twice? <laughs> we got married in March on Friday the 13th, civilly. And then we got married in the temple. On November thirteenth, on and they were both Friday the thirteenth, and oh. everything in our world revolved around thirteen numbers. But Holly and I are both big number people. Like even on the tracks, like the cart we were in equal thirteen, like weird stuff like that. So don't worry about it. It's just going to be launched on the on the twenty fourth <laughs> of July. So the number 13 is actually a very lucky number because there's like 13 moon cycles in a year. And <laughs> there's like, there's a lot of like uh, symbolism that goes along with the number 13. Like yeah, many yeah, people yeah. told us we weren't, we were not going to make it because we got married on Friday the 13th. Yeah. Twice. twice. Yeah. We had, we had a lot of haters, if you will, about being married on Friday the 13th. And all we have to like that it's it started for me, it started when I was a kid, but my sport number in volleyball was 13 and everyone's like, you can't be 13. That's unlucky. Well, come to find out it wasn't. And, you know, it's just it's kind of evolved from there. But if you look at it as my standpoint, like from our family, we have three boys, which is the 13 part or the three and 13. Cody and I are a we're a couple as one and so Cody and I represent the one of 13 and then my three boys are the three. Oh my gosh I love like I literally just got chills when you told me <laughs> that like that is the coolest thing ever like I said yeah. the number 13 is very lucky and it, it's all a matter of perception like people oh, yeah. are people are programmed to believe that like the number 13 is unlucky or the number like triple six is unlucky but if you research it <laughs> like 666 is not unlucky. It's all a matter of what you've been taught and how you per- perceive that number. What are you laughing for, Holly? <laughs> That's Cody's favorite number. <laughs> I know. I think he's told me that before. Yeah. But, um, so tell us what the name of your podcast is and why you chose that name. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so the podcast name is called Let Me Ask My Wife. And the reason we came up with that name, we kind of actually jokingly said it. And then we tried to think about all sorts of names and it was just a nightmare. But we ended up coming back to that because in a sense, I don't need Cody's 
permission per se to do certain things. I want his opinion. I value his opinion. And on the flip side, he also values my opinion about things, no matter what it is, whether it's parenting, purchasing an item, um, whether a shirt looks good on him. I mean, his first words to me was, does this shirt look make, make me look fat? He wanted my opinion about this shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So it all just kind of talks about like, well, it just came up with, we well, just want it. other people's opinion or our opinion about any topic in the world kind of thing. And I thought it was kind of funny because you know how most men in the menly world are like, well, I got to ask my wife if I can do this or that. And like, that's, it's totally the play on words because I just want her opinion. I don't need her approval. Or permission. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Like if I just, yeah, I just do crazy stuff. If I just do it, then <laughs> if she says it was stupid, then it was probably the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's, it's a communication thing. It's a mutual respect thing. It's, it's a, yeah. let's like grow together and communicate and yeah, like I value you as a person, so I value your opinion. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Because oh we're gosh. a t- we're a team. We're not we're not separate. We're not Hashtag against each other. <laughs> goals. Oh my gosh. Hashtag goals. Like legit. Yes. Like goals. You guys right. are awesome. Like I can't believe that she'll sit at a rodeo for ten hours and just watch and stuff. Like you could go shop, you could go do whatever you want, but she'll sit there and just watch and take it all in to be with me even though we're not together or like well, I'll, I'll go to Ridgefield and I'll sit there for three days just to have lunch with her aww. for three days you know what I mean in between she or probably to... she probably thinks you look pretty good up on that flagon horse dude <laughs> yeah like I why got do you some think connect- <laughs> why do you think you need you need pictures on the <laughs> so that exactly she, so she can have them with her while she's away <laughs> yes yes <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, you guys are awesome. Is there anything else you think we should cover? But I think I know uh, who one of your guest speakers is going to have to be on your new podcast. You, silly. Well, duh. (laughs) We'll just make that clear right now. Amanda will be guest speaking on our podcast. And you can cuss. I don't even care. Right. We, well, we have to. It's not going to be ex- well. It could at some point, like okay, rated honestly. R or or eighteen plus. How's that? It's eighteen plus. Don't they good. put NR like non-rated. Non-rated. Just, just oh, with it. We there. could do that. Well, and that's the thing. Like we want our podcast to be any Open. topic. I mean, from your favorite color to I don't know politics, which. Is not I'm my not forte. We, yeah, <laughs> politics. We probably will try and stay away from. But what what I mean is, we want something that anybody has. If you have a question, if you have a topic you want to hear, tell us. We'll talk about it. We'll tell you our opinion, whether it's wrong or right, doesn't matter. It's still our opinion. Yes. But we just want to talk about things, and you guys can get our point of view on anything. You can even literally. make fun of us. I don't even care. Serious. And it's oh my gosh. Can I just say that that uh, 
that Instagram post where Cody was like, <laughs> Holly gets to judge it and she likes to laugh. So go ahead and roast me. Like, yeah, like, that was the best. And some oh, of comments were the best. I <laughs> loved it. It There were some that made me giggle so hard. It was awesome. That was one of my favorite things to do. So keep out watching for those. We may have to do another one of those. Well, yes. we, we made a, a, a Instagram page for the podcast as well. Yes, it's we just did. not launched yet. Yeah, it'll okay. probably launch after we, um, lo- oh my gosh, I can't talk now. Um, after we launch our first episode, we'll get the Instagram stuff out. Awesome. Okay, so how do you guys feel about sharing your personal Instagrams? Sure. You good? Okay, yeah. so Holly, go ahead with yours. M- m- mine is at boymom03. Okay, Cody. Mine is how everybody refers to me as the one um, underscore with the beard. Because he literally has an epic beard. <laughs> like, if you guys haven't seen a picture of him, like, oh, man, it's it's legit. My little brother's got one that, that kind of comes pretty close. Like, <laughs> yeah, his is pretty close. But, um, okay, so I guess if there's nothing else... I'm super stoked about this, you guys. We like we went on for almost an hour and a half. Sweet. Heck I'm yeah. starving, so Cody's like, I need we got food. 27 minutes left until he gets hangry. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, I guess we better wrap it up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're down to 23. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Okay, thank you guys so much yeah, for thank you. an awesome, awesome visit. And yeah. I'm sure I will see you. Cody, where are you judging at next? I'll be in Penguich this weekend, and then I'll be in Bluffdale and Santa Quinn coming up. Okay. And um, is Holly going to be with you in Penguich? Friday, Saturday, and then, I don't know, we'll cross paths somehow. Somehow, <laughs> some way, because you guys yes. always make it work and make it happen, because that's yeah. what rock star couples do. Because <laughs> I like I sleeping can. next to my wife. I can't sleep that good without her. <laughs> We can't. We really can't. I I have a pillow she bought me to hold on to, like her. Why she's going? Yes, her name is Shaniqua. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, a little bit TMI there, but whatever. (laughs) Oh, you guys are awesome. All right. Well, on that note, thank you both so much. You bet. Thank you for having us. You betcha. We'll see you soon. Later. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.